This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey. Along with me is Hindu Anthony. What's up, Buttercup? Super Vegan Brian. Hello, nurse. It's the three OG nerds back together. It, yes. <laughs> I, I almost said, yes, this is going to be an OG podcast. So that is a completely different show. <laughs> what was all that background noise? Your face what is an OG I, podcast. What was all that background noise? Do I got to go stab a bitch? It no, might I, have been Leslie chasing down the baby because I think he's about to do something not good. Oh, almost. I'm sorry I said that then. That sounds really insensitive. Uh, it's okay. You stab away. No. <laughs> She's going to listen to this episode and be like, uh, watch, in the future, I suspect uh, like a random slap across the head because she'll be like, you told him to stab me. <laughs> and Brian just bursts through your door, starts stabbing her. How dare you try and keep a child from hurting itself? What are we doing today, guys? Apparently, we're freestyling our topic about books. But first... <laughs> first. But first, Brian, we're going to play What's Nerdy With You, your, everybody's favorite game where your three hosts sit down and talk about the nerdiest thing they dis- did this week, and then we take the Mike Myler widget system and take a vote and figure out who wins. Uh, Anthony, what's nerdy with you? Oh, why do I have to go first? You always go first. Mm. We don't have guests. You go first. So I went to go see Thor Ragnarok. Dick. No, I didn't. I'm lying. I was going to go, but then we decided not to because I was supposed to see it today. And now I have to go see it next Saturday. Yeah. And now I have to wait till Sunday. Mm. Mm. What, what, what got in the way? Girlfriend got sick. She wasn't feeling good. So, Aww. so we stayed home. So I get, I guess the next nerdiest thing I did was, uh, did I do this week that was nerdy other than going to the movies, which I didn't actually go to? I guess probably just video games. I know. I'm, I'm back to doing that again. <laughs> Anthony played <laughs> Divinity Original Sin 2 again. Yeah. I know, and Michael terrible. bought a hat. <laughs> I didn't buy a fucking hat. It's a fidget spinner, and I didn't buy it. It was a gift. Well, to be fair, I did get the I did re-download Plague Inc. on my phone, that, that disease game where you try to destroy the world. Oh, I was I played that for like a month, uh like uh two months ago. Downloaded and played it for like a month. I think it's fun. But the pay tier is stupid. Oh, oh, the girlfriend just reminded me of the actual nerdy thing I really did do. Oh, she's the best. We got that um that card game for um Oregon Trail. We got the Oregon Trail card game. I love that game. That game is so fun. Oh man, I died of so much dysentery. Did you give Ter- you gave Terry a hard time? What? You gave Terry a hard <laughs> you time. You kept dysentery. <laughs> Who's Terry? 
you know, you you were dysentery and he killed you. Oh, I was dysentery. Yeah, I was <laughs> giving Terry a hard time. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. How is it I caught that one first? How? Oh, my gosh. Because oh. you're the dad who told me that joke? Yeah, Leslie, the Shit. first time I died of dysentery, the girlfriend was like, see, look, you're dying of gluten intolerance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw the Facebook post. She was like, he's dying so hard. Oh, man, so much dysentery. Uh, one of the times, literally, I just like, I think it was like the third time I've died of dysentery. I just wrote in the back because the, there's like these little tombstones and on the back you could like write things down. I just wrote, pooped self to death. Pooped self to death. Michael, what was nerdy with you this week? Uh, so this week, uh, last Wednesday was my, my, my birthday. And we decided to actually go to Disneyland on my birthday because I've gone for my birthday, but I've never gone on my birthday. So we decided to go and I got my little birthday pin with my name written on it in the year. I was really happy about that. And we're Hold walking on around. Real quick, explain that to me because I don't know anything about what happens when you go to Disneyland on your birthday. Oh, okay. So well, they have like these. They they have uh, pins now, like these big pins. And like if you get married and you go there, and you're like, hey, we get married. You you can get um happily ever after pins for being married. Or you if you go on your anniversary, they have one that says happy anniversary. Or if you're just going there celebrating something, they have one that says I'm celebrating. And then they have ones for your first visit. And then they have one, of course, for your birthday. That says happy birthday. And then when you tell the cast member it's your birthday and they give you the pin, they write your name on it. And so I got my pin. And then when you walk around the park, everybody like any cast members are supposed to see the pin. And then when you go by to like, like, oh, hi. They're like, hey. And then they go, happy birthday to you. Like everybody wishes you a happy birthday and, and you have a good time. And like if it's your first visit, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, welcome to the Magic Kingdom. And the last time we went besides Wednesday, we got one called Honorary Citizen. So it's like you become a citizen of Disneyland. And like, I like that one. But yeah, so I got that. But that's not the, that's not the nerdy thing. You bought a hat. Fuck you. <laughs> Michael got a hat. Happy birthday. <laughs> I, I know. I almost bought a hat. I almost bought a hat. But no, me, uh, me and my friend Danielle, we're walking through Tomorrowland. And they have first order stormtroopers walking through. And like and they, they kind of like play a bit of like harass like stormtroopers that harass guests like they'll walk up to people and they'll talk to them and then they'll they'll be like show me your identity card and they'll get like uh, act like just dicks two of them are walking through and i've always wanted them to interact with me so instead of like stepping aside or whatever i just like stood up straight and one of them walks up to me touches my birthday pin looks at me and he goes i'm gonna need to see your identity card and i did what i always said i was gonna do i looked at him and i waved my hand and i went you don't need to see my identity card and he just like his hand went down and he looked at his friend and he goes i don't need to see your identity card you want me to move along i want you to move along <laughs> oh that's amazing oh that was great and i just went is this real life did this just happen to me and they and then they, they they moved along and I moved along and I looked at my friend and I was like, holy shit, that happened. That was that that was pretty good, Michael. So yeah, then from there, you went and bought a hat. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> a hat. Yeah. From there, he bought a hat. Actually, no, I bought a soda. You didn't get a Dole Whip? No, we, uh, not this trip around. Actually, we didn't get one last trip either. Fuck. Now, thanks, Brian. Now I'm jonesing for one. <laughs> God, I love those things. Those things are so good. What's dirty with you, Brian? Um. All right. There's so many things. So, well, the first thing was um, we did a podcast episode on um, superhero movies. And um, I actually went and saw Thor Ragnarok the day before we recorded and forgot to mention anything about it in the episode we did about superhero movies. (laughs) We did not mention Thor Ragnarok once. So I recorded a bonus episode for patrons at patrons. 
can go and listen to my review of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we were supposed to see it today, but we're, we have to wait. Is it good, uh, Brian? Is it good? It was good. It was really good. It was, um, you know what? You'll have to be a patron and listen to my review, Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, I don't mind saying it again. It was, um, it was so tonally refreshing from Thor 1 and 2. And it was a comedy. And I think that was the right move to make. And I don't care if it pisses people off. I think it was really good. A lot of people are like, Thor doesn't act like that. And it was nice to have a silly Thor movie. It wasn't silly. I mean, it, it dealt with serious subject matter. And it, it was light enough that it, you didn't feel like you were being taken down. And the um, when they go to the other planet, the music is, a freak, is freaking amazing. Really? Yeah, it's like Blade Runner Neo um, dystopia music. It's awesome. Oh, that sounds it's awesome. Like 80s retro synth music. I want to get the soundtrack. Um, and then, oh, what what the hell else happened? I was sick all week, like ridiculously sick. And then um, I my computer died on Friday. Yeah, I I, I heard about that. And, and it didn't that it did die. It didn't die from liquid cooling leaking onto the motherboard. Shut the fuck up! Because <laughs> <laughs> Brian knows what he's doing. Uh, did you like, I, have a Did you have a power source failure? Or? Um, I you know it it's been it's been like building up for a while that it was um it's an old tower and um I have communication failure through the proprietary HP tower. The power button don't work anymore, and the connections are proprietary, so I can't reconnect it. Ah, shit. The, yeah, and. I think um, maybe when I put my giant video card in it, it might have um, broken something on the motherboard. There's that. There, there you go. That's what there, it was. There's That's that, what's wrong that with might you. Might happen too. I don't know. Well, you remember when you installed it and you said that like nothing went wrong, and I was, and I said how you're gonna lose sleep. Yeah, there's the there, there's the reason why you lost all that sleep. <laughs> it's like something wrong later, like yep. way later. Remember how you're like, oh, what's wrong with you? Well, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording without an outline this morning because I spent the morning trying to figure out how to record. So what are you, re- what are you recording us on? I have a laptop hooked up to an all-in-one um, HP. I mean, it's just I grabbed a second computer and set it up. It just took some time and some configuration. So what are you going to do with, with your tower? I'm going to save it and use the parts. I mean, I got I got a whole bunch of RAM in it, and um, the hard drive's fine, so... I'm gonna use it to transfer data. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I I um I'm still shopping for a computer right now, just all over the place. I got a decent amount of money to spend, so I should be able to come up with something good. Well, that's good to know. I hope it all works out for you. Me too. So let's vote. All right. We all we each have four widgets. Anthony, I'm gonna give three to Mike because Mike, that was pretty awesome what you did. I'm pretty proud of you. Thank you. And it's your birthday, so you know, consider that another birthday gift of on top of the other birthday gifts you're gonna get. Even though I can't remember what they are and you say yeah. it should be told me months ago. I know for a fact I, I told you what I'm getting you, so I don't know why you don't remember. I feel so stupid. Where's your fourth one go? Uh, it's gonna go to Brian. Yay! So I feel bad for your computer thing, even though you make fun of me and my computer thing, you butt butthole. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Ah, because I love you both, and you're both my best friends, and think you're wonderful. I'm gonna give all of my widgets to the both of you. You both get two. I really wanted to share the nerdiest thing I did this week, but I couldn't. Why? The nerdiest thing I did this week was buying some nerdy freaking presents. Oh, damn it! <laughs> yeah. So, but all all four of my widgets are going to Michael. 
Oh, really? Because yeah, you you force you you uh, mind tricked a stormtrooper at Disneyland, and you're you're twenty eight, you're twenty nine years old. Yeah, I just turned twenty nine. You're twenty nine years old, and you 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 mind tricked a stormtrooper at Disneyland with how many witnesses? Were there anybody with you that actually saw you do this? Danielle was in a like a rascal behind me, but I don't think she saw that part because yeah, you did it for all phone. for yourself. Yeah, it was for my. It was for me because I was like, I think I want to get a picture with them. And then they came up, and she was like fiddling to get her phone ready for a picture. So I don't even think she saw that part. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> picture no proof. Picture it didn't happen. So we didn't happen. We're supposed to talk about what today, Michael? <laughs> today we're supposed to be talking about books. You know those those stacks of dead trees that have words scribed on them. Yeah, stacks of dead tree. Huh, huh, what was it? Um. I, I look at I look at pieces of dead tree and I hallucinate vividly. Yeah, today we're actually we're gonna talk about books, books we like, books we hate, books we wanna get, books that we might have gotten. And I actually wanted to start this off between fiction versus nonfiction. Because I know we both Ooh. read both, right? Yeah. We, I mean we all read both. I mean I didn't mean both like I mean both as in you yeah. two as a unit and then me as in the other side. I actually don't read a lot of nonfiction to be honest. I really don't Warhammer isn't nonfiction? Even though it's fiction, because rule books are considered nonfiction and fiction at the same time. Yep. Wait, rule books are considered nonfiction and fiction at the same time yeah, because the rules, the rules are nonfiction because they're part of the game, and then the fiction part is the lore and all the like the crazy stuff. Well, I guess if rules count as nonfiction, then I guess I do read nonfiction. I, I always thought of nonfiction as like as like reading about. Things that actually happen, like historical documents and all that. But I guess you got a good point. I mean, yeah, I do read a lot of articles and I do read a lot of like essays, and those would definitely be nonfiction. We we should talk wait, about. Wait, wait, like, wait! Did you just say you read two essays? No, I read a lot of articles and essays. Here comes the racist joke. No, I was about to be like Anthony. You can just call them people. You read to underprivileged <laughs> people. Yeah, he was the one being. I thought he was the one being racist. God damn it. Jesus, Jesus Michael. <laughs> I still didn't hear that one thing. Michael, occupy your time researching places to buy hats instead of coming up with jokes. No, I want to play with my fidget spinner. <laughs> what is your obsession with fidget spinners? They're I stupid. I like them. I like them. They they actually do help me with a little bit of it with stress and focus. Okay. And plus this one has the hitchhiking ghosts on it. And when you click on the ghosts, it lights up. Now I feel bad for calling them stupid if they help you. So, all right, I'm going to bring this back to the topic. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to realize we never really needed an outline because it's all just me. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's why, when, that's why when you're like, oh, I wrote an outline, I'm like, Brian, you can be the outline. All right. Um, so we got so we're talking about books We're we're kind of going between reading. Um, are we talking about dead tree books exclusively or do we do we branch off into articles and you we know, other art- things. We, we can do articles and audiobooks too. Okay. I, I have an audiobook that I read all the time. I listen to, I, re- yeah, I read an audiobook. I listen to an audiobook uh, all the time. And it's one, it's a short story compilation one that just, uh, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's the, uh, for, it's the uh, Legends of Drizzt uh, short story compendium that they put together for the anniversary of Forgotten Realms. 
Yeah, I think that works. I mean, we're we're sort of in like the future where it's not just dead trees anymore. We have audio and the digital format. Yeah, digital format and My and own. I mean when you when you read, there's also like the things that enhance reading, like wikis and all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, well a lot of the uh, like uh, was it uh, like I think it's Audible. They have enhanced editions of uh, Game of Thrones now. Where you can, and then uh, I think Kendall has them too. And they they provide like maps and and uh, interactive pictures and stuff like as you're listening or reading. Uh, Chris Hardwick talks about them a lot, and I, I'm, t- I'm really tempted to to get one of them. That's interesting. Um, so Anthony, what is your body of reading like? What what kind of stuff do you read like books wise and audio books, Kindle, etc. Magazines, well, books. I mean. I'm really, like I said, I read a lot of those fiction stories. I like a lot of the fantasy and sci-fi. I also read, like, I go online and read a lot of articles and essays about things, especially, like, on Facebook, where it'll be like, hey, here's this thing, or or scientific studies. I really like reading about scientific studies and, like, different things going on as far as, like, scientific breakthroughs go. I think those are really cool. I like I like looking up journals. Oh, whenever whenever I read an article about something scientific on like Lifehacker or something like that, I always look at the re- look at the site the the sources and then dig into them. And if they get into a journal, I get really excited because it's like, wow, there's a crap ton more in here than they talked about, and they like made points based on two things in this journal that the entire body of the journal has nothing to do with what they were talking. Yeah, about. <laughs> that happens all the time. <laughs> nice. So like um. Predominantly, like when it go- Brian's go. Brian. Brian's gone. Well, it looks like we're still recording though, because the record uh, account is still up. So let's, hopefully, we we get this bit of content. Um, but yeah. Uh, so like when you're saying you're reading your articles and stuff, because I know you 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 do a lot of political back uh, research. Uh, is are most of the articles you research for politics, or do you do you just do general like articles that catch your interest? I would also do general stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, there is the politics thing, but I mean, I also do general stuff. Um, are you a generalist? Especially when, especially like I said, when it comes to the sciencey stuff, I like sciencey stuff. I love sciencey stuff. Sciencey stuff is good. We just I'm kept back. We we just kept going, hoping that since the record account was still up, we were still recording. It did, I think. I, that's never happened before. That was weird because I was like, "So Brian, your article, where's he? Go? Where do you go? Where? Where? How do we lose him? He's the boss. This is He's quality podcasting, guys. <laughs> we're the best at this. So, um, I was asking Anthony, like, what kind of articles he he looks up when he's talking. If it's uh, just political or if he does uh, a lot of subjects and he said that he actually looks up sciencey stuff and because I, he likes science and i was telling him just now that i like science too science is awesome what's the majority of this uh, like the articles and journals you look up online brian um well let me just go over my entire body of reading like i asked anthony um yeah go you go ahead let's let's start with that i like nonfiction wise, it's all based around my interests. Like I have a lot of photography books and I actually do read them on occasion but i also like history of photography because i look into the background of things. Um, I'm real into professional development and self-help books. I really like them more. I mean, even like, like Malcolm Gladwell and stuff like that, where it talks about like the science of thinking and learning and stuff, you know, the 10,000 hours theory. Um, I love that kind of thing. Um, I like, um, books tied to history. Um, like I'm a real big fan of the Robert Greene series, the, um, that started with the 48 laws of power. 
um, that's like stories about the history of like people who controlled other people throughout the ages. There's some interesting stuff in them. They did like um, the 48 Laws of Power, the 33 Strategies of War, the Art of Seduction. There's all sorts of cool stuff in those. Um, He recently did one called Mastery, where he talked about like um, people who mastered things like Da Vinci and Einstein and stuff like that and what their story is, like stories you don't know about those people. There's a lot of stuff that I would like to learn about, about Einstein specifically. As far as fiction, um, mostly fantasy and sci-fi. On occasion, I'll, I'll read something someone recommends. Um, I, like I just read that, um, that book about World War II that I can't remember the name of. All the Light You Cannot See. That was pretty Ooh. good. What's that about? Oh, real quick, I want a tangent on that real quick. What's that about? Because I like books about World War II. Yeah, I don't think you were on any of the episodes where I brought it up. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I was because I would have remembered this. Yeah, Erica gave it to me. It's um, it's about a blind girl and a, ger- a blind um, French girl and a German orphan. And they're separated by, by um, distance or like in different places. And it's their stories about everything that happened betwe- between everything that happened to them between 1940 and 1945. Oh, wow. And how their stories converge. The German boy learns how to be a radio um, engineer and he joins the Hitler youth and he eventually ends up in the military. And the, um, the girl gets in, you know, she was raised by a locksmith at a museum and learns all these different things. Her father builds her models of the city she lives in so she can learn everything there is to know about the city and then navigate the walls of the city. Oh, wow. And um, they go through all the different things they go through during the war up until it's over. And then it, it, it actually jumps into the future, it, it, like all the way up into the present at the end where you find out what happened to them. And then in the midst of the whole war, there's a um, there's a diamond theft plot. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I have to say, though, that it's a super sad, depressing story. One particular event at the end that I thought was way too much of a bummer. What was the, oh, there's a big event. Yeah, there's it, there's just like you you really get close to the characters throughout the book, and then something happens that's just like man, that I I spent way too much time with this character to have this giant bummer happen at the end of the book. Pretty big gut punch. Yeah, but it's a war story, and I guess you expect tragedy from them. Yeah, I would, I would expect so. I would expect so. Michael, what about your body of reading? I read a lot of. I don't read a lot of science fiction, but I do read a lot of a uh, good amount. Uh, good, well, yeah, I'd say a lot of fantasy. Uh, for and then on the fiction side, I do, and then I do read nonfiction. Uh, but I would say fiction uh, eats up majority of my reading. Like I told you, I finished my Theodore Roosevelt, my, my book about Theodore Roosevelt and the and his uh, Rough Riders and their Charge of San Juan Hill, which wasn't really a charge, but. Uh, several day battle we're not gonna get into that i i was going to start reading sun sue's the art of war and i put it down for the move and i and i uh, picked up a couple other books but uh unlike you guys i also read a lot of westerns specifically lewis lamore westerns you and your westerns are there ever any sentences in there where someone says this no, town ain't big enough for the both of us there are no sentences typed out you like know that. anthony i'm gonna go on the attack here and in michael's defense 
all of that crap comes from spaghetti westerns. Yeah. That has nothing to do with rest Western literature. I know. Western literature is where country music comes from, so get it straight. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of country music either, so that, I'm that, not sure that what was, that's supposed to do. That was just a total dig at Michael. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But no, I honestly okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bite into this a little bit then. Well no, because the and the westerns, specifically for me, Louis Lemoore's westerns are really are very good reads because they all have a point of it's either over somebody coming over in adversity, somebody forging their path, or there is the occasional revenge story. But their his stories have always captivated me because they they do such a good job of pulling me into the story and containing me and holding me there and letting me one of what having me wonder what happens next. And he doesn't use profanity. He doesn't use pornography. He doesn't use bleak cynicism. Like, I mean, Chris, there's always the guys that are just like, well, I don't know if we can do this or like the guys that are just like kind of defeated. But there's like never true hard cynicism in it. And it's just some of the stories are so good that he that he puts out. And then he is like because he's put out over the years. He put out tons and there his family yeah, is he fights out. Yeah, you do not Louis Lamore. You do not make joke about him. That man was the national treasure. But his family uh, apparently have found several finished manuscripts that he wrote that he just never submitted for release. Since they're the keepers of his estate, they're they've put out a couple of them. And I picked up a couple of the. They're calling them lost treasures. Again, the one's called Bendigo Shafter. It's a frontier story settling the West, and it. Actually, I haven't started yet, but I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna start it next week. It sounds. It sounds so good. The premise. He's, yeah, he's uh, settling in uh, southern Wyoming. He wrote. He wrote the book that the movie that the western, mo- the only western movie I really like is based on. Which one is that? The Quick and the Dead. Yeah, he did. He he wrote The Quick and the Dead. He also wrote um, uh, the Tom Selleck movie Crossfire at Saber Ridge, and he also wrote uh, the John Wayne movie Hondo. Which they were all books before. And the John Wayne movie, Hondo, is really good, but the book is so much better. And that's not like a douchey, cliche thing. Like the book just conveys so much more that the movie just didn't have time to do. Oh. Is that really a douchey thing to say? I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone agrees books are always better. I don't know, because every time I just every time like I've actually heard somebody say, Well, the book was better, it's always like those fucking black rimmed glasses, hipster asshole. Here's my beanie in 110 degree weather wearing face saying this shit. Hey, I bet you we have some hipsters who listen to this show. I doubt it. Yeah. They no. should stop. <laughs> well, I know I know one of them writes our music, so Oh, um, everybody but Daniel. Everybody but Daniel. Daniel's the best. He's 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 like he's not a a, a shitty hipster. He's a badass dude. I actually really like him. He's he really likes awesome. Western really, too. You're really. Bad. I know. That's like the moment he was like, he's like, dude, Two Stones a badass movie. I was like, can we be best friends? <laughs> but in all seriousness, no. Um, Westerns do are, do are a very big part of what I read. But I I do pick up a lot of nonfiction, and I actually got for my birthday. Uh, I got. Uh, the Under the Red Hood hardba- hardbound edition uh, graphic novel and Justice League Origins number one hardbound trade. And I in the they're the special editions, so they came with the DVDs for Under the Red Hood and Justice League War. Cool. Oh yeah, those are two of my those are two of my favorite uh, DC movies. Yeah, those are honestly the things that like that's really my my read list right now. I'm gonna pick up one of my other. Uh, I think I'm gonna try and read The Art of War here when I finish um, my 
the western i'm the i'm getting ready to start reading because I, it's a book i've always wanted to read so Talk about being a hipster douche you're like i'm gonna read the art of war dude that's what everybody reads <laughs> <laughs> well i have to say that i well, I, I, I relate to michael trying to t- taking so long to finish the art of war when i just spent an entire year reading the history of salt <laughs> i loved the joke last week how was it little <laughs> kind of salty it, it, it was dry it was dry dry well, it wasn't it <laughs> It wasn't a joke, really. It was, I mean, it's really, really deep history. I mean, because the book starts like at like the 10,000 BC talking about China and then goes all the way up to like 2000. (laughs) So it's okay. It may have been like you just speaking truth that it was a dry read, but honestly, it made out for an amazing joke. It made me want to read more about the things that were most interesting about it, because like I really enjoyed where it started talking about like the wars that salt started, which is like all of them. <laughs> so it was like the main resource for like forever. So it was it started most of them. Well, weren't Roman legionnaires and centurions paid in salt? I don't remember the exact fact, but that was a bit of a misnomer. It, it's where the salary term came from. It's where the term salary comes from. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I want to look into that because I, I I heard it somewhere that that's like their like the main part of their pay was like they got paid like ten pounds of salt a month or something. Well, when they were talking about Rome, they were talking more about like rather than just straight salt, there was a lot of talk about um um uh, garum, which is like a fish sauce. It's like a salt sauce. It's it's garum is where soy sauce originally came. Like the where before soy sauce, it was garum. Okay, I got you. I got but, you. But I mean, there's like. Three chapters on soy sauce. Holy like, shit! Talks about soy sauce for like a long time. I love soy sauce. They, soy oh. sauce is the best. They, they talk about soy sauce, fish sauce, salted fish. There's like four chapters on salted fish. There's Jeez. salted fish in ancient history and salted fish in modern history. It talked about like there's this big long part about how we use less salt and less salt than we used to. This big there's like two chapters on the Mort- Morton Salt Company and how. Only 30% of the salt they produce is for consumption. The rest is for de-icing roads. Mm. Oh, yeah. Salt is still a major resource other than for just food because there's lots of places where they need it for de-icing roads. Yeah. 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 Then there was all this stuff where it talked about the different kinds of salt where there's salt that isn't sodium chloride. Wait, what? Well, yeah, like, you know. Potassium chloride. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. And then I, I all you. the different uses of them. The chemical stuff was really interesting, but it didn't touch on that enough. Was it? Just, was it like the chemical stuff just like a footnote? No, it was like a half a chapter. Uh, I should have flushed that out a little more. It's like I, I really was interested in all the different kinds of salt. I mean, it was a real general book. I do have an interesting story about the book of like how I came to read it. Yeah, it, I'm actually something I've been wondering is how did you, this book come across your path? Yeah. I read Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, and I went to the bookstore and saw the salt book, and it was like Anthony Bourdain was one of the people who recommended it. Ah, I gotcha. You want to read something really good, read Kitchen Confidential. I didn't even talk about biographies. I love biographies. But Kitchen Confidential is freaking great. Is that his? Is that Anthony Bourdain's biography? Yeah, it's his first one. Okay. Um, He wrote a bunch, but I mean, Kitchen Confidential, it goes way deep into like, what it's like to become a chef. He goes into his story about how he became a chef, how he went to cooking school and how he um, and how like what the reality of running a restaurant is. But really, it's about his drug use in the 70s. Yeah, it's a well, great book. Yeah, I heard that, like, you know, being a chef is kind of, you know, a really difficult job. 
Yeah, but like he talked about like um, what it feels like to be the kind of chef who steals from the place you work for. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> talked about other restaurants where people were doing cocaine in the back line while they were working. Holy shit. <laughs> um, talked about what a good restaurant owner is and what a good chef is. And it's like where I learned that a chef, like a real chef, makes most of the decisions about the restaurant. Oh, wow. Even like above the owner? Well, there's there's like the owner is like the main finance decision person. But like as far as like what you have to buy, like ingredients wise and setting the menu, they source the ingredients and help build the the menu. A chef is really, really is like a restaurant manager. In addition to being a chef, they they do a lot of that work. I mean, they're working with all the suppliers and trying to cut costs and. You know, the, the, the owner might say, hey, try to cut costs to the chef, but there's a lot of work just other than just making food. Chefs are in charge of everything. Yeah, it's, it, it was really interesting, especially when you're talking about like the high end cuisine type stuff and where Anthony Bourdain never moved into the super high end cuisine because he started working as an executive chef immediately after school, where he said that if he wanted to work in real high like Michelin star style stuff, he wouldn't have become an executive chef right away. He would have apprenticed and done all sorts of stuff for other executive chefs first. Interesting read. I've, I've read everything he wrote. I got huh. hooked on all of Anthony Bourdain's stuff after I read Kitchen Confidential, except like his second book is um, his second like big follow up to Kitchen Confidential is the majority of the book is him talking about how depressed he was after his first Food Network show was canceled. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah, it, like starts off with him getting high on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, speaking of biographies, there's actually one I want to pick up. It's uh Bruce Campbell's second book, All uh, Hail to the Chin. I haven't read If Chins Can Kill Yet. Have you? Not yet, but the he just he was ta- he was talking to Chris Hardwick about uh, Hail to the Chin, and it just it sounds like an amazing read. Plus, I just love Bruce Campbell anyway, so I I want to read it at least get this one. Yeah, you got um If Chins Could Kill, and then you have Making Love the Bruce Campbell Way. Yeah, that one I heard is an amazing book. Um, Anthony. I could probably like hijack this topic with Michael through the whole thing. <laughs> Do you have any books you want to bring up? Um, so I think I brought them up before. I was I was pretty enamored with the uh, Horace Heresy books, the 40K books. Yeah. Um, now, I actually only read like the first two. The rest I was listening to via audiobook. <laughs> That's a debate all on its own of whether or not those count as books or not. I'm, I'm going to say my two cents now and say, yes, I count those as books. I, I think the only I agree. Real big difference. I think the only real big difference is um, reading a book is active entertainment, and listening to a book is passive entertainment. It's not the same, but you do get the story and you do get the enjoyment. Especially if you get somebody who will do the voices. Yeah, that I, I think it counts. I mean, you are getting the material, but and there's there's a big difference between the two. I would say there's a difference. Yeah, uh, yeah. The this books are really great. They're 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 really awesome. If you really like you you know if you're if you're really into like 40k and baby's going crazy, he's he's humming to himself. But yeah, if you're really into 40k and the whole lore of the you know the 40k universe, especially the past and what led to the current predicament that they're in now, uh, the Horus Heresy books are great because it really goes into the Emperor and the Primarchs and what caused them to split and about the different chapters. All very, very good stuff. I also read 
you know, if we're going to be talking about, you know, hipsters who think they're better than everyone else, I actually did read um, Crime and Punishment. I've always wanted to read that. It's what's it about? What's it about? Yeah, what's mm-hmm. it actually about? Do you not know what it's about? No. I don't know anything about it. Oh, I shit. Really? I was wondering. Okay. Read so starts out with the main dude. Um, he is a really depressed and poor uh, college student, and he decides to get some money. Uh, so he's been kind of he's been like auctioning, not auctioning off, but um, he was selling his stuff to a pawnbroker lady to kind of get money. And he decides one day um, after overhearing a conversation of some men in the bar about her, because she's kind of known around the city as being this like just really mean crotchety woman that nobody really likes, but she, she's a pawnbroker. So everybody has to go to her and she's just kind of really just not very liked. So he go, he decides he's going to kill her and take all her money. So he goes to her apartment um, and he totally fucking botches it like it's he does it but it's like not at all what he thought was going to happen because you know the planning of murdering someone and the actual like execution of it are totally different things and so it's like really badly done but he kills her and then her sister steps in and sees what happened and so he kills her too and he runs away and the only reason why he kind of actually gets away is because of dumb luck like just dumb luck and the whole rest of the book is literally um them trying to figure out who the murderer who's this murderer um he's going through this really just terrible depression he just goes through all these serious problems um because you know murdering someone or two people would kind of fuck your brain up a bit and he was already kind of fucked up to begin with so he's just wrought with all this guilt and all these and just all these other problems that are just like plaguing his life on top of all that, like his sister wanting to marry this guy that she doesn't really like. And he doesn't really like to help the family out. Uh, his mom kind of running out of money herself because, you know, she's trying to help him. Um, there's this other family, this uh, Russian family uh, that are kind of like his neighbors. He kind of has like a crush on the daughter. They're in way worse situations than he is because the dad keeps getting drunk and losing his job. Really fucking depressing book. The The interesting thing about it is I haven't I haven't read anything by Dostoevsky, but I've read a lot about him. He he had an interesting life. He actually spent four years in a Siberian camp because he yeah. he was he was sentenced to death, but then his sentence was commuted. And um, he had at, after he was in the the prison camp, he was um, in the military service in exile for six years. Part of his sentence. Yeah, he had a crazy life. And then he was a journalist, and he did all his writing after that. But one of the one of the things that I always thought was really cool about him was one of the ways he survived the prison camp was. He wrote the Bible inside his head from memory. Jeez. <laughs> but Impressive, he used to, but damn. He used to do stuff like um, he would write, and but if things started going really well for him, he would gamble all his money away so he would get depressed again so he could write. Yeah. I, all his books are really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Because he wrote best when he was depressed, so he would do stuff on purpose to make sure his life sucked. So crazy. <laughs> He'd be freaking hilarious if he like tries that, but he just keeps winning big. Yeah, I actually read about him in one of the Robert Greene books. I don't remember which one. Probably 48 Laws of Power. But yeah, if you haven't read Crime and Punishment, it's a pretty good book. It's also a very long book, so, you know, strap in. It's going to be a while. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the, all those, all those, like um, the Brothers Karamazov. Brothers Karamazov. Dostoevsky books are long. I I wanted to read the Brothers Karamazov. I started it. I got um. I wouldn't say halfway through, but I was pretty. I, I was close to the halfway point. It's a good. It's decent. I I actually like Russian literature. To be honest, I think one of my favorite books is a book called Fathers and Sons. I really like that book. If we're going to talk about books, like bodies of work that we like, I have to bring up Chuck Palahniuk. Have either of you guys read anything by Chuck Palahniuk? The name sounds familiar, but I don't know. Like, uh, name off something he's done. Um, well, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, Fight Club? Oh, he's the guy who wrote Fight Club. <laughs> okay, that's why the name sounds so familiar. Um, but Fight Club was a good book. It, I mean, the movie is much better, and he even admits that the screenplay is much better than what he wrote, because there's a lot of changes that make, make a much more entertaining story. Um, but if you want to dig into his work, um, I recommend Lullaby. Um, lullaby is a supernatural story, which is like amazing. It's about a lullaby that um, when it's read to someone, they die. Oh, shit. And according to the book, it's where SIDS came from. Oh, double shit. Yeah. Um, it ends up... Polonic get, gets a reputation for um, crazy... I don't want to call them twists, but it's the story goes in a direction that you would never expect. Um, I won't went, mention what book, so I don't spoil anything, but there's one Polonic book where the story is this biograph... It's, it's a story from different people's perspective and you're reading about this guy and you're learning about all these different experiences people had with this guy and things going on in the world because of what he did. And then you're going through the book, learning about all these things and all of a sudden time travel What? about three quarters of the way into the book. That that's holy, weird. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a book he wrote where one of the characters in the book ends up being a wizard and it was a perfectly normal book up until that point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god. He wrote a story about a guy who scams people by choking himself on food in restaurants so they'll save his life. So then they owe him they they t try to take care of him for the rest of his life. So they send him money on his birthday every year and he does this to hundreds of people so he's getting money every day of the year. Holy shit. Yeah, that book's called Choke. That's a really good story. There's a movie. There's a movie uh, based on Choke, too. A lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, Sam Rockwell's in it. Oh, I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, plays the main character. It's good. It's good. It's a good movie. What is it called? Choke. Oh, the movie's called Choke, too? Yeah. No, the okay. movie's just called Choke. They never made a sequel. Oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also... there. So after Fight Club, they were supposed to make this movie called Survivor, starring Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, Survivor is about this guy who's um, the the point of view of the book is him. He hijacked a plane and he's he's telling his life story into the black box of the plane. And he and he has the plane set up to be on a direct course with a mountain. Oh, shit. And unfortunately, it was all set up to make the movie. And then 9-11 happened. Oh. So they scrapped the movie because it involved a plane hijack. Oh, damn. That sounds like a really good premise. Yeah. It, it's really cool because the guy is the last surviving member of a cult. And it was a cult that um, trained their members to be house servants to rich people. Oh, shit. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's, um, I'm, I mean, probably inspired by Scientology. Probably. And the last surviving member of the cult ends up being set up as this like um, motivational speech guy 
but the marketing, the publicist that sets him up as a most motivational speech guy um, sets him up with steroids. So he gets all buff and he gets hooked on steroids and he become and, and he ends up being like having a drug problem because of it. It It's a crazy book. It also has the only time a chapter in a book has made me almost pass out because it freaked me out so badly. Holy shit. What happened? Um, I don't know if I can describe it in a way that really shows, but he um, the, I'll, I'll just say that the chapter is describing exactly how to cut up and prepare a lobster. Oh, God. And um, at the, the end of the chapter ends with him saying, and then the impossible happened. The heart of the lobster started beating. Oh, fuck. yeah, it, it made me really lightheaded when I read it. No, Chuck Palahniuk, I can go on about him forever. But yeah, he's fantastic. I, I So what do you what do you think about that? Like how you can get enamored with a single author or like get really into a series of books where it's almost like an emotional attachment to him, Michael? I mean, well, you can relate to it with Louis, Louis L'Amour. Well, yeah, because it's him. There's there's like two, maybe three authors that I'm really enamored with. Like, I just love all their work. And Louis L'Amour is one of them. And it's just because of he writes well i'll go with him real quick like as the main thing is with him is he he writes a genre that i really i really do love because i you guys know me i I do love westerns i love the american west i I love the the period of the 1800s between uh 1866 and like 1905 and he just convey it it feels like him because he's a lot of the stuff he writes about he's actually done he had actually done he he writes stories about uh about uh sailing uh a lot about like traveling the the mid to uh, southern southern west uh, basically all over the country actually and he's because he's worked throughout the, he worked throughout the country he had been he had worked on cattle ranches he had been fisherman and all these things and he so he drew some experience from everything he had experience from everything and he just had this ability to bring these stories to such life and scope and make and make me stare at these these pages and really vividly see the story and he did it without compromising the integrity that he had set out to have with his books. I mean, yeah, so like a lot of his books were just, you know, they were sold as cheap books back in the day too, but he sold, but he wrote, wrote them with such integrity and authenticity towards what he, he knew his readers would want. And it's, and that's one, that's just one thing that really just pulled me in. And that's why I'm really enamored with him. And I love all his work is because he just, he was truest to the, to the form of how he wrote. He knew how he wrote, he knew what he wanted to write and he wrote it. So, uh, a single author can make you fall in love with their work just but because you, you see the way they write things and you want to see more experiences presented to you from that perspective. Yes, it, it the perspective becomes more uh, become more clear becomes clearer uh, through through these people as they write and it, it's just something I really it's just something that I like that he puts out. It, it's amazing how it can get such an emotional reaction from us. Like I, you can hear like your tone when you're talking about Louis L'Amour is almost reverent. Like you're talking about someone who wrote holy texts, and then when I talk about uh, Chuck Palahniuk, I get manic excitement. It really like I, I we we both have these like really strong emotional reactions from those works. Anthony, is there anybody who writes that you get a feeling like that? Um, 
Honestly, probably Stephen King. I really do like Stephen King a lot. So I've read a lot of his stuff, and I think a big part of the reason why I like Stephen King so much is because he's kind of the step up from like uh, R.L. Stein, because I liked R.L. Stein and Goosebumps when I was a kid. And so when you get you know a bit older and you're like, okay, well these books aren't really spooky anymore, and they're not really doing it for me. You kind of, I think you kind of make that step up to Stephen King. Um, generally, you know, like when you're in junior high or high school, and so that's kind of what I did. And uh, I think the first book I read of his, honestly, was it. I didn't actually finish it. I got like halfway through it. <laughs> you should finish it one of these days. It's really I, I, good. I know it's super. Yeah, long. you should finish it. It, it. it is a good book. I mean, it, it, is, it is a really good it. book. I mean, and it is very definitely worth finishing. It would be an amazing finish for you. It would be one of those things. <laughs> oh my God. That would really complete well, shut you. Shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> um, but well, honestly, all I, I have to I, do, all I have to do to get someone else to say shut the fuck up, Michael, is to encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite, my favorite book, like whole thing from him, and it would like not even one book, but I guess this whole thing would be the uh, the Dark Tower series. It was so good. Like it really was. Ooh, speaking of the Dark Tower series, I found I got all my uh, pretty much have all my books out of storage, and I found all my Dark Tower books. the The ending was questionable. Like people, a lot of people who like Stephen King didn't really like his ending. A lot of people think he can't end books very well. But I think the Dark Tower series actually ended well. I really do. I uh, need to get both the last book still. Actually, I've read it, but you, I need it. If you only made it halfway through it, then you didn't really get into the part that connects to the Dark Tower. No, but I know about the parts that connect to the dark. Tower. Yeah, you know about the ritual about of the, Chud and the, the ritual and of the Chud. I know about the and I know about the the turtle. Yes. To risk going off on a Stephen King tangent, I wanted to tell you um, I was watching um, film theory Matt Pack the other day. Oh my and, god, I love him! And he was talking about how um, how the kids from It survived, and he connected it to The Shining. I saw that exact episode. But then he went on to say that every single big cosmic evil is is also Pennywise and that oh, Pennywise yeah, just, that when, sense. when he's hibernating, he goes to other places. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think that's going a little bit too far. I think no. there's multiple cosmic evils. No, okay. And if you read the Dark Tower series, you come across a monster in the last book called Dandelo. And Dandelo is a creature very similar to Pennywise. He's a creature who appears as something else he appears as like a nice old man and he feeds off of people but he feeds off of people's um joy so he's sitting there and he's making roland and um and his friend uh um he was still with he was still with um Susan at the time and he's making them laugh like he's telling jokes and they're laughing and he's laughing uncontrollably like Roland can't stop laughing and he's dying and you find out oh it's because he's this monster who's like sucking away like he's eating his soul via his humor just like Pennywise does with fear I think Stephen King confirmed it, that they are the same type of creature there's rumor that Dandelo is one of Pennywise's offspring that's not confirmed or denied but I, I think it's just he so can cool have kids. Oh, I'm scared now. There's just this like omnibus of connected work where Stephen King, like, you you know, and I, I, I don't put it past King that King didn't just shoehorn in connections between his books. He was always thinking that there were connections between the things he wrote. Oh, and for those of you out there who are like the turtle, see the turtle of enormous girth on the shell. He holds the earth. He thought his thought is slow, but always kind. He holds us all within his mind. It's 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 little it's a turtle. Is the turtle where the shining comes from? 
Well, The Shining is basically about a kid who has the shine, which is the connection to the other world. Now, which the, comes from abuse, right? Mm, different different things cause the shine. It could be different reasons why people have the shine. Because uh, the boy in the Dark Tower, he wasn't abused, but he was super, but he was psychically powerful. Well, that being said, I think we should close out our our book topic. And I wanted to ask you. Are there any Stephen King movies you haven't seen, Anthony? Um, I actually haven't seen Pet Cemetery. Have we done Pet Cemetery? No before? way. Yeah, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery. I think we did Pet Cemetery though. Did we do Pet Cemetery? I want to say we did. We did do Pet Cemetery. I think it was because uh, I think um, Erica did it. I think she was like, "Yeah, there's this yeah, road in there." Yeah. Yeah. I didn't did. see. I didn't see Salem's Lot. Oh, by the way, by the way. I, I didn't realize this until a little while ago, but uh, this is for Anthony and, and well, both all three of us because we all like. God Star damn it, Michael, get on with it. Denise Crosby, Tasha Yar is in Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I knew that. That's why uh, she left Star Trek. She left. She left Next Generation to go do Pet Cemetery, and she, her plan was to become a big movie star through Pet Cemetery, and then her career kind of never went anywhere. Yeah, that's not a good decision. <laughs> she did or not it could have been a good one. It could have been a good decision. You never know. It's it's always a roll of the dice. Well, actually, in an interview, she sat there and said that if they had given her storylines like the one she had. In the episode where she died, she wouldn't have requested to be killed off. She requested a sabbatical. Well, I haven't seen Salem's Lot either. I haven't Michael, either. No, none of us have seen Salem's Lot. Well, I've Stephen King books, and I'll tell you if I've seen it or not. Have you seen Carrie? Yes. I love Carrie. That's I liked Carrie. Um, that was a good book. Have you, seen Christine? have you seen Christine? No. Um, guy gets car. Car starts killing people. <laughs> guy gets car playing rock it's playing that damn rock and roll oh, okay. music no, uh, yeah. no no we're not kidding that's that's the premise that's, of the book yeah that's the premise of the movie guy gets car <laughs> car kills people yeah when they and when they when they destroy the car the car reforms and they did the like really cool scenes in the movie where the car reforms the and movie scenes where they where they come back it's like oh i love at the end of the movie where <laughs> They're walking away from the cube that was the car. We're ruining this for Anthony. And they hear rock, rock and roll music on a radio from the guy that's working at the place. And the girl's just like, I hate rock and roll. <laughs> Is the book just as ridiculous? I haven't read it. I, I thought it was a short story, wouldn't it? Um, I think it was one of his novelettes. I know Christine was one of John Carpenter's first movies. Yeah, it, because he said Christine was his favorite Stephen King book. Have you ever seen The Thing, Anthony? No. <laughs> I'll do that one too. Do it. Oh my god, do it. Um people are in an arctic science base. Helicopter shows up with Norwegians and there's a, and they're trying to kill a dog. Kurt Russell. People at their they try to what? people at the science base try to save the dog and then the 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 people in the Norwegian the Norwegian people die and they save the dog. They bring the dog in and the dog is a big killer alien that Takes the forms of people in the base, and you never know who's the person or who's the dog Kurt or Russell. who's the monster. Kurt Russell. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> There's people yeah. at a base. Norwegians show up. They try to kill a dog. They stop the Norwegians from killing dog. Dog turns out to be alien. Alien is bad. Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is Dude, a good bad description of that movie. Some of the best great mutant alien transformation killer scenes you'll ever you'll ever see in a movie. Oh man, it's so yeah. great. The yeah. the O'Brien oh, the scene with the defibrillator. And they're all practical. Yeah, it's all practical effects. So oh, the defibrillator scene that one gets me. 
Yeah, it gets everybody. So yeah, to- there's there's scenes with people's heads peeling off from their bodies and turning into spider aliens, and then oh, that's so and, cool. Yeah, guy's chest rips open to make guy's a giant chest mouth. rips open as a giant mouth and bites someone's arms off. That sounds um, like a, a character in like 40k. Like seriously, you should see some of the new Death Guard models. There's literally guys with giant like gut mouths. Oh yeah. It's you, real, dude. You'll like this movie. It's real Lovecraftian in that it's this like thing from space that nobody understands, but it like it shape shifts into people and nobody. It shape shifts into people and nobody under knows what it is. And it's it's not a Stephen King story, which is actually interesting. Um, yeah. it's based on an old movie, and that they they took a lot of creative liberties with. So oh, wait, like the but, mist. Because oh, P.S. Mist dude, P.S. P.S. No happy ending. Well, yes, that's what I like. Ambiguous ending. It but may it's not have a happy, happy one. It may have been happy. You don't know. Someone might have no showed way up. They got out of there There's alive. no alien. There's no way they got out of there alive. And the the um the prequel has sucks. Nothing to do with the, alien. the prequel is sucks and it's horrible. I was gonna see it and then everybody was like, "Don't waste your seven No, bucks. you should see it. I I wouldn't say it's a waste of time, but it was. A lot it, of people said don't. A lot of people were telling me don't see it. Yeah, talking about bad movies. You know what we should see? The three of us. Mm-hmm. We should see the room. Before the document, before yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. movie about it comes before out, the, yeah. yeah, before the documentary, yeah. <laughs> Holy hell, that would be so good. I didn't I do it. I didn't touch her. I didn't oh hi, Mark. Her. I didn't hit her. I didn't. I did slide. not. I oh did hi, Mark. Not. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> I, I was like the... line, and the entire like in the trailer, he's like line, and everybody just recites the line. I, I saw the trailer where they were doing the scene and how he he had to do the line like he had to do the. the in like 190 takes or something like that, just that simple line, just to get it right. Yeah, <laughs> I hit her. I saw I hit her. Wait, what? Do you want to change the line? <laughs> I'll include oh, the trailer yeah. in the show notes so people know what the yeah, hell we're talking dude, about. Holy shit! That well, uh, do you guys ever watch CinemaSins? Yeah, I, yeah, I actually so, just started listening to their podcast. So CinemaSins did one about the room, and that's where I saw most of the scenes of the room. Oh my god, it's the best! <laughs> it's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to sit down and watch it. Let's watch it tonight. <laughs> oh maybe that'd be fun maybe, maybe. that'd be a we fun can, party game we could make it into a drinking game where every time there's a bad scene don't no 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 we'll die we'll all die <laughs> we'll all die that reminds me of a drinking game that a friend of mine came up with for twilight you do 40 shots before the opening credits and then you die of alcohol poisoning and i don't have to see the movie <laughs> My be happy. My almost seventy-year-old stepdad is obsessed with Twilight and has seen that movie hundreds of times. Oh no! I I I I'll walk by and I'll see. He'll be. I'm like, which one are you watching? He's like, New Moon. I'm like, again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I only went to the midnight premieres because I was trying to sleep with somebody. Uh, I didn't see the movie at all. I read the first book because I had a girlfriend who was like, "You need to read this book," and I read it, and I was like, "That book was hot garbage." I couldn't yeah. get through the beginning of the movie because I was like, gosh, it's so it's so like it's that's not how relationships work. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's classified. Yeah. It's classified as domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah. Especially especially when she's like, oh, no, he broke up with me. I'm going to go run to the forest and lay down and cry for a month. Oh, gee, what the fuck? <laughs> that's a classical sign of depression uh, and separation from your tormentor. So. Um, we're all going to get together tonight and celebrate Michael getting his new house. Congratulations, Michael. Yay. Yay. And Michael's birthday. 
I have a spare room in my house, dude. I have a spare room. You know how weird that feels? I have a spare nothing. Actually, no, we have a spare room at our house. Do you have a backyard? Yeah, dude, yes. Bring the swords. Oh, I will bring the swords, and we will probably explain that in the nerdiest thing the three of us did this week. Oh, yes. Oh, God, I'm so excited for that. Oh. I'll, bring, I'll bring the Oregon Trail card game. Sweet. Uh, yeah, because we're going to be playing like a bunch of games. Um, I know my cousin Jeremy brought dis- the, the game Disturbed Friends. I've been wanting to play that. And right. then we got the Fantasy Expansion Pack for Cards Against Humanity. And some of these cards are the best. I got to get shitting going, in a, guys. Shitting in a wizard spellbook and jizzing in his hat is one I, of the cards. I got to get going, guys. Yeah, I, I, I got to go run a Pathfinder game. And I have to get stuff together for your party. (laughs) And I have to go finish hanging pictures and getting a ceiling fan hung. Cool. Don't die. (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't die. Oh, thanks. That's helpful. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. There's like the first fan I hung. I was like screaming at Dwayne through the open window. Do not turn on the breaker. Turn on the breaker. My hand is on three wires. Do not turn on the breaker. (laughs) Doing it. No. Gotcha. Dick. Before we go. Let me tell a quick funny story about Daniel, our musician. Okay. And then you can close this out. All right. So Daniel was changing a light bulb, and he told the friend that he was doing it for, whatever you do, don't turn on the switch. Oh, turn on the switch? And she turned it on. (laughs) Daniel screams, (laughs) drops to the ground, and starts. Now, a little backstory on Daniel, for those that don't know, he's a rock star. So... (laughs) He has rings all over his fingers. Oh, no. So he starts running around the room yelling, my rings are hot. My rings are hot. (laughs) (laughs) My rings are hot. My rings are hot. (laughs) After he got electrocuted. Oh, before we close out now, I have to tell my electrocution story. All right. So we're me and my wife are in our, our old house and we're sitting there and she goes, hey, my phone's not charging and my other thing's not working. I think the power strip is dead. I'm like, oh, OK, well, let me check. Maybe there's something wrong with it. maybe it's unplugged or something. And I'm running my hand under our bed because I'm you could reach from under the headboard from laying down on the bed and get to the plug. So I'm, I'm running my hand on the thing and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, and I get like before I say anything, I realize half the cord is chewed through. We had an old a, a dog and she chewed through half the cord so like half of the wires were exposed and frayed out and like deadly and she's like yeah see it doesn't work and she flicks the switch on the power strip four times while i i have a firm grip on it <laughs> and my jaw just locks up and i can't move and he she does it four times and then she stops she's like see it doesn't work i was like stop flicking the switch <laughs> Why? she's like you just electrocuted me and she's like oh my god i didn't know why didn't you say anything i was like it's kind of hard to when your la- jaw is locked <laughs> why didn't you let go i couldn't <laughs> she, she electrocuted me four times Oh. oh my god <laughs> well we had fun talking about books and a bunch of other stuff everybody yeah we had a i had a lot of fun actually talking about books today and maybe you guys understand why i like westerns so much a little bit more now at least in the print form um I, I like talking about it, uh, especially how we were able to bring it back to Stephen King and the authors that mean a lot to us. Can't believe I didn't know he was the one that wrote Fight Club. 
But Stephen King didn't write Fight Club. No, no, Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about Chuck Palahniuk. Just, I just, just didn't use his name. Could um, you imagine Stephen King writing Fight Club? Oh my God, that would have been such a weird book. Well, no, because then Tyler Durden wouldn't be, um, um, wouldn't be in his head. He would be a fucking car that's driven by a clown. No, Stephen King wrote a book <laughs> like that. It's called The Dark Half. Never. Well, we'll have to talk about that later because I've never heard of it. Anyway, um. I mean, no, I had a good time talking about this today, uh, especially about how people get electrocuted. That was fun. <laughs> but no, uh, that's been Nerd Podcast. Oh, wait, no, I I, want, I forgot to mention this. Um, God damn it, Michael. Uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, I was contacted by, by 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 a guy. He has a podcast called Chompcast and they have a website called SwordChomp.com. And they're a nerd, general nerd topic podcast that, that they meet and record over Skype like we do, except they're not all in the same state. They're across the country. Okay. And it's a really – I've listened to a couple episodes now. So far, it's really good, and I enjoy these guys. And they're uh, – I suggest that people give them a listen. I really like their podcast. So I just start throwing out some of that there, uh, podcast love. So, okay, so now – okay, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I have been your host, Special Mikey. With me was Hindu Anthony. Goodbye, everyone. I was like, we killed him. Super vegan, Brian. Actually, I have something to share real quick before we close, too. God, son of a... (laughs) (laughs) I just listened to a new podcast called The Five-ish Fangirls. My friend Holly's a member of it. Oh, okay. They're on iTunes and on, on YouTube. All right. So um, check out the five-ish fangirls. They're they're, they're pretty good. I, I like they 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 do all sorts of stuff. They just recently did the second season of Stranger Things. They've been on for about five years, and they oh, do wow. all over the country plus Canada. And they're no, a Skype no. they're a Skype podcast. That's really cool. Yeah, we'll have to give them a, give them give them a listen. Okay, and super vegan Brian. Goodbye, nurse. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Had a great time. And as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Awesome. Say goodbye to Anthony. Brian, come on. I'm not going to do it this time. I'm not your monkey. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> Damn it. Thanks for listening to our new show. Thanks for listening to our new show.